0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Into the Word, a radio and online program committed to reading, loving, and living the whole counsel of God. I'm your host and Bible guide, Pastor Paul Carter. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Hope you have your Bible open in front of you today to Genesis chapter 50. This is the last chapter in the first book of the Bible. It has been a marvelous journey, and along the way we have learned many things about God, about us, and about how God saves us through the person and work of Christ. The faith we have seen in this book is a forward-looking faith. It is a faith that recalls the promise God made in Genesis 3.15, and which was then clarified and entrusted to the family of Abraham. It is a faith that has been severely tested and lovingly refined over ages and generations, and it is a faith that burns brightly still in the heart of Joseph, Abraham's great-grandson, right up until the end. We pick up the story at verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. Then Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel. Forty days were required for it, for that is how many days are required for embalming. Both Jacob and Joseph are embalmed, though they are the only Jewish people to undergo this procedure in all of scripture. It was an Egyptian custom, and it was normally associated with the Egyptian religion and their views on the afterlife. But the Bible makes it clear that no such religious connotations are to be assumed here. The JPS Torah commentary, for example, says in both cases, the act is a purely practical measure for Jacob is to be buried far from his place of death and Joseph is to be reinterred many years later. The text subtly underlines the disconnection of the embalming procedure from any pagan context by having Joseph entrust the task to physicians in his service. It was not performed by professional mortuary priests. Close quote. The text goes on to say, and the Egyptians wept for him 70 days. That the Egyptians wept for him for 70 days tells us of the high regard that they had for Joseph and for Jacob. We remember the awe that Pharaoh felt in Jacob's presence. And we remember that he allowed himself to be blessed by Jacob. Jacob was obviously held in very high regard by the Egyptians. It was Egyptian custom to mourn a pharaoh for 72 days. So to mourn Jacob for 70 days, just two days less than the maximum permissible, was very significant. Verse 4 says, And when the days of weeping for him were past, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your eyes, please speak in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, I am about to die in my tomb that I hewed out for myself. That Hebrew phrase means that I prepared for myself. In the land of Canaan, there shall you bury me. Now, therefore, let me please go up and bury my father, then I will return. And Pharaoh answered, Go up and bury your father as he made you swear. So Joseph went up to bury his father. With him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his household, and all the elders of the land of Egypt, as well as all the household of Joseph, his brothers, and his father's household. Only their children, their flocks, and their herds were left in the land of Goshen. And there went up with them both chariots and horsemen. It was a very great company. When they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan, they lamented there with a very great and grievous lamentation. And he made a mourning for his father seven days. When the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning on the threshing floor of Atad, they said, This is a grievous mourning by the Egyptians. Therefore the place was named Abel Mizraim. It is beyond the Jordan. Thus his sons did for him as he had commanded them. For his sons carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah to the east of Mamre, which Abraham bought with the field from Ephron the Hittite to possess as a burying place. After he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had gone up with him to bury his father. This account of Jacob's funeral procession and burial is filled with interesting insights from the ancient world. The funeral happened in two stages. First, the entire procession, which included Joseph and his brothers and a large contingent of Egyptian dignitaries and even a military escort stopped at a place called the Threshing Floor of Atat. Now, historians and archaeologists have not been able to locate this floor, and it is never mentioned again in the Bible. However, there is good reason to think that it was somewhere southwest of Gaza, on the shore of the Mediterranean, along the desert road that connected the Egyptian capital with the land of Canaan, and beyond that, Asia. The Egyptians maintained a stronghold there and historians have discovered that this stronghold was also used as a burial ground for high-ranking Egyptians. So we don't know where the specific threshing floor was exactly, but we can be reasonably confident about the general region. On this site, a funeral was hosted that included the entire Egyptian entourage. And then from there, after mourning, Seven days, the family proceeded to their burial cave for a private interment. Many of the Jewish burial rites, even today, mimic or maintain this ancient custom. You've maybe heard of friends or relatives sitting shiva for seven days. It's an ancient custom that was observed all throughout the region. Verse 15 says, When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers think that now that Jacob is dead, Joseph will finally seek his revenge after treating them kindly for 17 years. They, they think it might have all been a ruse intended to deceive their father. And that is why Joseph weeps. It has not been a ruse. He has legitimately forgiven them, and he comforts them with words of kindness And reassurance. I love what Derek Kidner says here. He says each sentence of his threefold reply is a pinnacle of Old Testament and New Testament faith. To leave all the writing of one's wrongs to God, to see His providence in man's malice, and to repay evil not only with forgiveness but also with practical affection are attitudes which anticipate the adjective Christian and even Christ-like. That is well said. Verse 22. So Joseph remained in Egypt, he and his father's house. Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. The children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were counted as Joseph's own. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died being 110 years old. They embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Joseph's final words bear repeating, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. God will Come, God will deliver us, and we will go home. That is biblical faith in a nutshell. That is a faith that reaches all the way back to the Garden of Eden, all the way back to Genesis 3.15. That is what it looks like to believe in the promises of God. Because Old Testament and New, this is the word God of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And thank you for listening to Into the Word. If the book of Genesis was your first experience with us here at Into the Word and you would like to know more about our support programs and other episodes, you can find all of that information over at our website, www.intotheword.ca. You can also find us on Facebook, where we post daily encouragements from all four readings in the RMM Bible Reading Plan. Until then, may God bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you.